0: So what you're about to hear is a bit of an odd, but fascinating conversation. One where I was determined not to discuss religion in detail, actually, for once. I wanted to focus on politics, and it was harder than you can imagine. My guest, Saba Ahmed, who's a Republican Muslim, willing to support Trump, was totally mind-boggling and occasionally left me at a loss for words. I really wanted to get her to come on the show, and when I approached her, I wanted to do so openly. As an ex-Muslim, I told her we could totally just focus on politics for our discussion and leave our religious differences out of it. And she very kindly agreed. Good on her for that. Not many conservative Muslims would be open to appearing on an apostates show. So it did catch me a bit by surprise that she couldn't stop bringing up how wonderful her faith is and other various lovely religious views, which I tried very hard not to comment on other than to say I totally disagreed. It's very important that even if you don't plan on having a shouting match or challenging someone at every step, you at least make your disagreement known, especially while conversing with someone who has pretty questionable views. Right after doing this interview, someone sent me a clip of her and Asra Namani discussing shaming women, abortions, having children out of wedlock, and gay rights, and Saba said some really... interesting things that I wish I had had a chance to question her on. I wish I'd just seen this video before, but I haven't perfected my time machine yet, so I'm just going to have to discuss them here right now by myself. I can't figure Saba out entirely because there's so much contradiction. Trump supporting Muslim, I know, I know, shouldn't be surprising, but during this chat with uh, Asra she had, she very kindly apologized for whatever shaming and intolerance Asra may have received from Muslims for having a child out of wedlock, but said it wasn't reflective of the Islam she believes in. She then goes on to say she herself would engage in shaming an employee who ended up pregnant outside of marriage. (laughs) I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but her words were that she would probably recommend to her pregnant employee that she should get married soon. (laughs) I mean... On the one hand, you're saying it's not reflective of the Islam you follow because it's lovely and tolerant. And on the other hand, you're saying that your hypothetical employee would be told basically she cannot be pregnant and unmarried and so should hurry the fuck up and get married. It's bizarre that an employer would even think it's their place to recommend marriage. And Asra's face at this point is priceless. I'll put the link in the description so you guys can check this clip out. To Saba's credit though, she does seem a bit flexible about abortions, like a bit, because of health issues, rape, and a tiny bit better than some Christian conservatives I've seen on this topic. When asked, however, if she would hire someone gay to work for her organization, she defers to the law, smiles, and says that they are required to not discriminate. Um, So that's that. Would she want to hire someone gay for her organization is another story. And at least she's honest about her views. In the growing attempts to make Islam seem more compatible with the 21st century, it's often denied that it's homophobic at all. Or that people are opposed to homosexuality. So this type of honesty does strike me as refreshing. And this is when it gets interesting. Sabah says gay Muslims wouldn't be welcomed in Islam. I tend to agree with that. But Asra, whom I wholeheartedly support and think is wonderful, by the way, she jumps in to say that that's not true, that this is simply the puritanical, conservative interpretation of Islam, and that the liberal interpretation welcomes them, and that gay Muslim organizations exist. Okay, absolutely, they do. But I think to move ahead with promoting liberal interpretations of Islam, we do need to accept that, on the whole, the way it's interpreted by most Muslims, Islam is not accepting of homosexuality. The scriptures provide that raw material for the homophobia that exists. It's not just that it was plucked out of thin air. Instead of saying that's not true, we can say... Sadly, it is true, but there are alternative interpretations, and we can change this. We can shift public opinion on this. Anyway, that's a whole other discussion. This one is about Trump and the experience of being a Muslim Republican. Enjoy. Make sure that uh, that
1: program doesn't contain controversial subjects. And uh, you're not impolite to people.
0: No, definitely not, Dad. You know me. I'm never, <laughs> ever controversial or yeah, impolite. Yeah, yeah, okay. Welcome to P*** Conversations with your lovable, never pisses anyone off, never been banned from Facebook or YouTube, never been sabotaged or censored for politely expressing a difference of opinion, ex-Muslim host Aina, keeping it non-controversial. This is episode 9, and today I have with me Sabah Ahmed, founder of the Republican Muslim Coalition. She wants a Republican in the White House, even if it's Donald Trump. She's worn a U.S. flag hijab on Fox News and made waves on the Internet because of it. Here she is. Hi, Sabah. How's it going?
1: Hello. good. How are you?
0: Good. So glad to be speaking to you. I've uh, read a lot about you and seen your really awesome pictures with the... uh, The US flag hijab all over the place. Your perspective is so fascinating and interesting. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned, I'm ex Muslim. We probably don't agree on a lot, almost nothing perhaps. But I got to say, power to you for showing that Muslims are, you know, a diverse group, not the homogenous block that people often take them to be. So for that, I think we're on the same page.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, yes, I mean, we can have differences, but I can we can agree to disagree on some, certain things.
0: Absolutely. I mean, we've got, uh, I guess, two ends of uh, the spectrum right here between us, right? Like me, uh, I guess a liberal, non-believing, ex-Muslim, you, a Republican, conservative Muslim, uh it's, it's really why I wanted to talk to you, why well, I'm excited to have this conversation today, uh, is because I think there need to be more conversations between, uh, I guess, women of uh, Muslim backgrounds. People often in the media talk a lot about Islam, Muslims, having these conversations between us. Uh, it doesn't happen often enough.
1: Yes, of course.
0: So tell me about the Republican Muslim Coalition. How did that come about?
1: Sure. So we started this group last year to basically educate Republicans about Islam and Muslims. And uh, we are based here in Washington, D.C. And we're building chapters in various different states um, here in Virginia, uh, Ohio, uh, Texas, uh, Florida, and um, New York.
0: Okay. And... um What kinds of actions are you taking to get Muslims to vote Republican?
1: Basically, we're getting uh, Republican Muslims involved uh, by getting more active in their political parties and also attending various events um, and uh, hosting Republican candidates at their local mosques or um, at their homes and just kind of being more active this election year.
0: Is it as uh, rare as people think it is, a Republican Muslim?
1: No, actually, I mean, our community voted for President Bush back in 2000. Seventy percent of our um, the Muslim American community supported George Bush.
0: Right. I, I heard that in a, in a podcast that I was
1: listening to with you. Right. So, I mean, it's not so odd. It's just that after 9-11, a lot of Muslims left the Republican mm-hmm. Party because of the backlash they faced from the Bush administration. But I think it's an opportunity for us to get back involved and make a difference. So how
0: do you, how do you fit the two identities together in the post-9-11 world?
1: Well, I mean, I think um, the biggest national security challenges for the Republican Party come from Muslims, Mm -hmm. and it's a great opportunity for Muslims to help solve the GOP's national security problems and also help change the narrative on Muslims. Sadly, the only times. Republicans hear about Muslims is after a terror attack or some tragedy. Mm -hmm. I think uh, instead, if you were involved at a regular basis, it would change um, the game and it changes their perspective. If if they know you and if you know them, I think it goes both ways. We both um, have ignorance towards each other Mm -hmm. and it helps getting to know and uh, I think that's all what ultimately makes a difference and changes hearts and minds.
0: You say that uh, people felt betrayed by Bush after 9-11, right? So they left the party.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: But you don't feel betrayed by Trump?
1: Well, Trump is an interesting person. I think we are going to be... Able, we're working on changing his policies towards Muslims and Islam. I think right now he doesn't have that many Muslims involved with his campaign, and that's uh-huh. what I'm hoping to change. I think as we get more involved, we will see his views evolve as well and change. The only reason I feel that Republican Views are so anti-Islamic is because there's, they hardly know any Muslims and they ha- there are hardly any um, people that are advising them that are that know Islam from a Muslim perspective.
0: Right. So you 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 obviously feel like you share some sort of uh, core values, though. Right.
1: Yes. With- I mean, I think it's our responsibility to educate them and uh we do have my, many values in common we are pro life we are pro traditional family values traditional marriage
0: what's uh, tra- traditional family values as in you're against gay marriage
1: um we islamic values promote traditional marriage between one man and one woman
0: mhm mm-hmm. so that i mean you you see an overlap with the republican party
1: I, I yes I see a lot of our core ideals being um very similar. Um sadly a lot of us um I mean being in America I think it's important for us to hold on to our values and uh make a difference in owning that.
0: Mhm. So it's yeah th- I guess those are the exact reasons <laughs> why I wouldn't be a Republican, but I, I understand your point. I mean, again, I disagree with all those things, but I've often, you know, I've discussed it with my family, my Muslim family, that it's interesting that even in Canada, uh, the Muslims mostly vote liberal and not conservative, even though the values um, align Better with conservatives or Republicans.
1: Well, we're better welcomed within the Democratic Party. Exactly. So yeah.
0: it's that one issue, but otherwise, it doesn't really work out. Yeah, I
1: mean, we're very much pro-life. We we uh, we don't uh, promote abortion either. And um, so, like, you know, the values that we care about do align with the Republican Party ideals. Uh, Sadly, some of the candidates are not exactly espousing those values, but we we hope to bring them back towards what the core ideal Republican Party is supposed to be. And if we, uh, my um, goal is that more Muslims would get involved in the Republican Party and change the GOP narrative on Islam and Muslims. We can't afford more wars. We can't afford more hatred. And it, so you and it's feel
0: that this is like a smaller point of contention than being welcomed in to the country as a whole. Like to me, I mean, I understand that the conservative values align with the Republicans, but being welcomed in as a community, uh, being made to feel a part of the country. And not being alienated is a pretty basic, uh, important value as well, is it not?
1: Right. And I I think we are very much welcomed in this country. This is, uh, United States is a land of immigrants and we have about 7 million Muslim Americans and we do enjoy the luxuries of this country, the law and order security situation. At least we're not living in Iraq or Syria where things are horrible. Absolutely. I agree. But I'm talking about... Right. Despite all the negativity that's maybe thrown at us, I think we still have great opportunities in this country to make a difference and to give back to the country by changing the perspective on Islam and Muslims.
0: Certainly. But when it comes to Islam and Muslims, when uh, Republican candidates are saying things like, you know, that they should be banned They should not be allowed in. There should be a total, you know, stop, put on Muslims entering. How is this something that you reconcile
1: with? Even though... Donald Trump has toned down on his um, Muslim... And obviously it's an unconstitutional idea to ban people based on religion. At
0: this point, I'm thinking of how bizarre this conversation is that a Muslim is defending Trump. To me, a critic of Islam. Whilst calling his ideas unconstitutional and still saying, but no, 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 he softened on those crazy ideas. I mean, how do you support someone to run for president of your country that you think already has unconstitutional ideas? My head hurts
1: ban people based on religion uh, there are many federal laws that ban religious discrimination and so that that sort of a law can never actually become passed out of congress or actually become law so i don't think that that's what i'm too worried about mm-hmm. i think by the time donald trump goes through the general election he's going to change a lot of his perspective on Uh, what he's said, and he's already backtracked on a lot of these issues, so I don't think that that's a stopping point for any Muslim from voting for Donald Trump. Um,
0: So I guess flip-flopping on these things, it's a good thing?
1: Well, no, definitely not, but I think evolving in views is definitely welcomed, and uh, if we can change their hearts and minds, and possibly have Muslims involved in his administration and on his cabinet, I think that could make a huge uh, difference.
0: I read an article once about Muslims in Tennessee, I think it was, in the Bible Belt, how they reported being, this is pre 9 11 how they reported being happier than Muslim counterparts in more progressive uh, American cities. And uh, I don't know. It's always just struck me as something so interesting. As I was mentioning earlier, uh, something I've always discussed with my family is how how it's fascinating that even though the values align because of this whole immigration being made to feel welcome part, Muslims often tend to vote liberal or you know Democrat in the U.S. But as you say, pre nine eleven, things were different, and most people, most Muslims vote for Bush.
1: Right. Well, that's the thing that we're trying to change with the Republican Party. I mean, I feel very welcomed there, and I hope that as more Muslims get involved, they will also feel very welcomed and uh, hopefully will make a huge difference.
0: So y- you do, like, appearances on Fox News, and I've seen you get challenged by Hannity, and he says all kinds of things. And uh, I heard you say that you weren't initially going to wear that flag around your as a hijab, but you were going to drape it on the side, but you were upset about someone saying something to you. And so you decided uh, to put it on?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think that particular day I had taken it with me to wear possibly on the side or something. But uh, the reason I had worn it, um, I think the interview prior to mine the I think Megyn Kelly was in, interviewing a person who was very much anti-Islamic, and I just felt that that should not be representative of Muslims. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to kind of make my point that, you know, we can be proud Americans, and we can be proud Muslims. And so I hope that that message got across. What kinds of
0: uh, feedback did you get after that?
1: It's been great. I think mostly positive I mean, uh, going on Fox News always attracts some hate mail, <laughs> yeah. but um, I think generally, I think most of the sentiments were positive, and they were, actually Americans are very happy to see that there are Muslim Republicans, and uh, I think... Yeah,
0: I'd imagine so. I mean, you know, full disclosure, I'm, uh, I guess, intellectually opposed to re- religion-based uh, female modesty requirements, like hijab, niqab particularly, but I totally support this, um, I guess showing that your your American identity can be compatible with your Muslim identity. So it's an interesting position I'm in where I am not a fan of the hijab, and but I'm a fan of what you did with your hijab, if that makes any sense.
1: Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah I, I mean, I love my hat scarf and I think it's the sign of ultimate respect to wear the American flag on your hat. I think for me, it's a deeply patriotic and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the sentiment that I have for my love for my country is, I hope I, that was conveyed, but. Oh, fact,
0: I'm pretty sure it was.
1: <laughs> right. And so, and despite everything, I think, you know, uh, for me, my religion is very important to me and mm-hmm. my faith is who I am. And so wearing a scarf is part of um, being a Muslim for me. And I hope that you know uh, we can be good Muslims and good Americans. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's important to demonstrate that you can
0: be both, that you can be proud of being both. And that sets a good example for people who feel divided in their identity. Right? There's no need to to pick. Right. You can embrace both. Right. Like mm-hmm. we see in Britain, often uh, a lot of people feel forced to either pick their British identity or their Muslim identity.
1: Yeah, so, I don't and that think doesn't, either or. I think we should have both of them. I agree. I, I think this is our country, and we have a great opportunity to be involved uh, in all Western countries. I think the countries have given us so much, mm-hmm. and it is our duty to give back and also be good law-abiding citizens. Mm-hmm. And uh, did, did you ever hear any negative feedback from the Muslim community
0: about that U.S. flag hijab?
1: No, I mean, uh, obviously some, um, but that just comes with you know being a woman, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. And so, um, but I, I mean, I don't really care much for those opinions, um, but I think you know it's more important for us to kind of have that public relations media strategy and a media presence for Muslims. <laughs> And, uh, not in a national security context, but just generally Muslims involved in American politics.
0: Yeah. And we need to show the diversity, right? So that people stop thinking there's only one kind of Muslim.
1: Exactly. Right. And
0: that would be the unpatriotic to the West kind that they have in their mind, which is not necessarily true. Right. Um, but I, I did notice that, uh, some people or hosts were asking you where you got the hijab from and it's interesting to me because you know oftentimes it's seen as this like exotic garment that you you know not just a piece of cloth not just a scarf like you might have gone to some special shop where there's this special shaped cloth that you would have but it's not right like it's just a straight piece of you can get like a flag off a stand or you can buy a scarf off any, you know, store rack and you can use it as a hijab.
1: Right. Well, I mean, that was particularly the, uh, I mean, in Times Square, New York, you find all this patriotic mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think I just grabbed that scarf off the, one of the street carts over there. It was nothing fancy, but it was very patriotic and mm-hmm. I love it. And it wasn't like specifically a hijab. Right. It was just no. A, it's a shawl. Right. 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 Uh, yeah. It was just um, you know something that you find often in New York or here, even here in Washington D.C. Mm mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and this is my uh, a bit of my struggle too because as I told you that you know I'm not such a fan of hijabs, but I'm. Totally against anti-Muslim bigotry, and I'd stand up for any hijabi that experiences because of the hijab. For me, I have to highlight the importance of normalizing, not necessarily the hijab, but the hijabis, which are seen as so different from the average population. Do you you find that people see you or make judgments or assumptions (coughs) because you wear a hijab?
1: Yes, I think that's always the case, especially here in Washington, D.C. There isn't that many Muslim women who are involved in politics. Mm-hmm. Um, so the circles that I get to go to, you know, especially in conservative Republican circles, sometimes there is biases and there is you can sense and feel. Oh, yeah, I can imagine in um, conservative Republican gatherings that'd be really interesting right but at the same time I think once you get to know people it makes a difference and I've made many good friends in the Republican Party and I am very hopeful for America for Muslims I think it's our responsibility to get involved with the GOP and um, turn out our (laughs) vote so you
0: want um, Trump to visit a mosque I heard you say Yes, right. Uh, that's one of our goals for the Republican Muslim coalition. <laughs> and how um, how how are you gonna make that happen?
1: Well, we're working on it. Uh, I have talked to his campaign manager, and um, he has not said no. It's something that they're it's on the table and they're considering it, but they haven't obviously agreed to it yet, so. I think it's a step-by-step process, and we do look forward to working with the Trump campaign and uh, Donald Trump as the nominee for the Republican Party. You, you look forward to it. Yes.
0: <laughs> Again, it's a. It's very hard for me to wrap my head around this, but uh, power to you for being a unique voice. Definitely. Um, how's your family on this? Like, are they all? republicans as well or do you have like heated dinner
1: table discussions we have fun conversations i'm from oregon um and uh most of my family as i was growing up was democrat but i was able to convert my parents back to being republicans
0: are they conservative muslims
1: Yes. So why Democrat then? Again, it's that thing about... It was mostly just because we grew up in Oregon and everybody around us was Democrat. That was, I think, the only reason. Um, There wasn't that many Republicans that were active in our community. Mm -hmm. But obviously a lot of people are coming back to the Republican Party, I think, now. Uh, they see a huge need. The, often people notice all the ignorance about Islam and Muslims, and it's primarily because there's hardly any Muslims that are involved with the Republican Party. Yes, we will face challenges. Yes, there will be issues. But at the same time, we need to have a thicker skin. We need to have get involved, be on the table instead of being on the menu, I think.
0: Yeah, well, you know, when you say thicker skin, I, I think I totally agree with that because... I do find that some things are blown out of proportion, some things in, in our community, in the Muslim
1: community. Right. Uh, I mean, you can only complain so much, and you can't have that victim mentality. If no, absolutely go. not. And um,
0: if you're going to keep screaming Islamophobia about everything, the real victims of anti-Muslim bigotry kind of get lost.
1: Exactly, and I think we undermine ourselves when we act like victims. We have to be proactive and take charge, and you know, make a difference. If we have a problem with somebody saying something, then go get involved with the campaign. Go educate them. Mm-hmm. I think <clears throat> we can't afford to have them say all kinds of nonsense against us and uh, just sit quietly on the sidelines.
0: Right, it's the generalizations that I, you know, I find wrong and offensive, even though. Uh, I'm a critic of Islam myself, but definitely not in that Fox News kind of way. I speak from experience and from a desire for betterment, not a desire Mm -hmm. to alienate. I wanted to talk to you about the word Islamophobia, actually, and um, your thoughts on it. I heard you uh, say something about people's criticism of Muslims and Islam, and I wondered if you saw a distinction between criticizing the two things?
1: I mean, Islamophobia is there. People are fearful of Islam and Muslims, but I think we're, we always fear what we don't know, and there's so much uncertainty, and there's so much, so much um, anti-Islamic propaganda being thrown out at them every single day that I think Americans are just fearful of us. And that's primarily because we're not at the table, we're not mm-hmm. involved in their groups, we're not involved in conservative politics.
0: Right, and like as, as we talked about earlier, I think it's important to
1: have our conversations aired more and more. We need to be our own spokespersons, mm-hmm. we don't need other people talking for us. We, especially what I see here in Washington, D.C., is that a lot of people who are talking about Islam are not Muslims. Mm-hmm. Every, every time they're like experts on Islamist stuff, Islam and all things Islam and Muslims, but they're not actually practicing Muslims. That's why I think we need to take back the conversation and have Islam defined by Muslims for Americans.
0: Well, I mean, again... I don't entirely agree because I'm not a practicing Muslim, but I speak from experience as well. And so I guess what the same, in the same way,
1: own perspective, obviously, Mm -hmm. but I think for all of us, um, I think on a, policy level. We need to have Muslims involved within the Republican Party in all key electoral states. We have huge... uh, Well, and diverse Muslims,
0: right? Uh, Muslims that do want to grow a thicker skin, that do not want to play victim all the time. I think these things are important because oftentimes we are either shown the extremes or people that will make excuses for bad behavior. We are not uh, shown voices that are open to critique, open to owning the problems within our communities are not given the same chances, are not given the same platforms. Uh, And I think that that's important and that adds to the diversity, right? If you always see Muslims that are like in denial about some clear issues within our communities, as you, I I heard you say that there is a problem with uh, being an outspoken woman and gaining that voice and imams are always men women are not viewed at the same level and i guess you must experience some struggles with that being an outspoken republican politically active woman right
1: yeah i mean but that's like you know everybody has their own challenges i don't think um but i think it is what we make of our lives we all have struggles but we need to make the best of what we're given, and I'm fair I feel truly blessed to be in America, and I feel like I- God has given us great opportunities here in washington, d c to make a difference and make our voices heard. We should just do our best and uh, defend our faith and defend our country.
0: Uh, you know it's it's great that you can bring those two together. Now, the the initial point I had wanted to make was the difference between criticizing Muslims and criticizing Islam, and if you perceived it as different, or do you see it as the same? Like, is a criticism of Islam necessarily an attack
1: on Muslims? Is that how you see it? Uh, I mean, it's a part of it, but obviously not every criticism has to be taken as an insult
0: mm-hmm.
1: it, there are you know we can we can agree to disagree and have the bigger perspective and uh, yes people may have different thoughts about us and they may be fearful but we need to kind of uh educate them and uh, take back the narrative.
0: Right. But this is what I'm saying is slightly, I'm trying to make my point clear, like how say people criticize conservative Christianity um, in terms of uh, not being open to gay marriage or abortion rights. These are values that you share, but it's not necessarily like us coming from a xenophobic place because these are criticisms that exist for for you know, conservative Christians, Republicans, uh, anyone, anyone that is opposing the direction that I guess uh, the liberal world is going in. And I understand we totally can agree to disagree on those things. I'm not pushing you on those uh, values. I'm just trying to uh, show that these things are not necessarily coming from a place of hate for Muslims. Is that something that you can
1: agree yes, too I mean I know a lot of Christian groups face similar challenges as mm-hmm, well mm-hmm. I mean uh, the culture of America is definitely changing and it's not very uh, uh, supportive of, of the core Christian Islamic mm-hmm, beliefs mm-hmm. but I think uh, it's still fairly important for us to hold on to our values and what our faith teaches us build strong families strong communities Um, I think otherwise, you know, there's lawlessness and everybody's free to do whatever they want. (laughs) But we like to have a moral system of values that guide us in life and hopefully help us succeed in whatever we end up doing. It's not like the uh, liberals are
0: lawless and don't have morals or values. It's just a different set of morals and values. Exactly, Um, difference of opinion and different of lifestyles. Um, So obviously values that are rooted in scripture that is, you know, over a thousand years old are going to be different from values that are rooted in today. So uh, that's why I guess Muslims in the Bible Belt find less opposition and were happier up to 911 but now there's opposition from i guess xenophobia and so this is the difference this is the distinction i'm trying to make clear that you know it's not ne- necessary that people who criticize islam have a hatred of muslims and we can agree on this right right so it, it, this is why i have a ter- I have an issue with the term islamophobia because many Good people that are just believers of secularism, that are just, you know, non-religious, they just uh, they hold all religion equally in disregard. but it's not a particular hate for Islam. It's just uh, wanting to be secular. It's not Islamophobia. So is this a term maybe that we can, I think Muslimophobia would be a more accurate term, or anti-Muslim bigotry. These are are the issues that I have. Like, even as a non-Muslim, even as an atheist, I am offended by Trump. And it's interesting that as a conservative Muslim, you're not. Um, But to me, anti-Muslim bigotry is a problem, and I'm sure it is to you as well. But criticism of Islam, to me, doesn't fall into that. Are you
1: understanding? Am yes. I making sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I mean, I understand where you're coming from, but despite, like I said, we are interested in strategic involvement within the Republican Party, mm-hmm. and we're supporting the GOP nominee. And despite Donald Trump uh, and his comments against our community, I think it is our job to educate him on Islam and Muslims. And
0: uh, now I heard you
1: have our faith.
0: A- Trump's campaign manager's cell number and you text him every time Trump
1: says something offensive. I do. I do <laughs> that. And I mean, it's the little things that you can do. I mean, that's only something I'm doing like on an individual level. But I know there are many Muslim Republicans who are getting more actively involved. And I think I hope that we can get organized This. Election year and support our nominee. And uh, I think as Clinton wins the Republican, uh, I mean, the Democratic nomination, I think a lot of Bernie Sanders supporters who were Muslims and uh, Repub- uh, Democrats may end up voting for Trump. Really? Thinking. They don't want establishment Democrats, um, and they're very fed up with that. And I know about Bernie Sanders has been doing pretty well with the Muslim community, um, and I and I'm quite hopeful that if he loses the Democratic nomination, his voters will come towards the Trump camp.
0: Hmm. Wow. I mean, it's just kind of surreal for me to hear you say this. Um, there's a I- there's a group think, called Muslims for Trump. Have you come across
1: them before? I have, but they're, I mean, they're a small group. But yeah, I think we're more interested in the Republican Muslims uh, generally, not just Trump campaign. Not just Trump, okay.
0: But is there any chance
1: you could, like, join forces with them? and? Yes, definitely. I mean, I'm interested in all Muslims who are Republicans and supporting um, our Republican nominee
0: I appreciate so much that you're willing to have this conversation. Um, I'm I'm guessing it's not, you know, it's not the easiest conversation to have, especially with someone else from the community who has the opposite views. It's not the easiest conversation for me either, but it's an important one and uh, an interesting one. These are
1: all important conversations that we need to have. I think if I can speak to conservatives or if I can speak to somebody who has has completely no knowledge of Islam mm-hmm. um it's just as similar for me to talk to you mm-hmm. to anyone else
0: so I do have knowledge of Islam though I grew up in Saudi Arabia
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah so it's not it's not similar but right. we have different views but I right. think we're coming and
1: Saudi from, Islam is oh no no it's every, different <laughs> everybody has their own views <laughs> yeah Islam. absolutely I agree um but I think if we can agree on the core principles of Islam, I think that's what's more important for me.
0: Hmm. I mean, we don't we don't agree on those because right. I'm an atheist. But but that's cool. Whatever. You know, we're just here to have an interesting discussion. Sure.
1: Um, well, and if you're ever interested in coming back to Islam, we're always welcome.
0: Oh, really? <laughs> that's really that's awesome. Thanks for saying that. Um, yeah. I don't even know how that would work. I've been without it for so long.
1: Um, well, we believe God forgives everyone, no matter what your sins or no matter what. And when you come back to Islam, everything else gets wiped out. And so, um,
0: you think even like after half my life of being like a an atheist, God, God would forgive me?
1: I am, God is very merciful, and that's between you and God. It's your faith, and it's um, but it's some, It's I think every person has a soul, which soul searching, and you know, for Islam, my uh, beliefs are very much Islamic, and I'm very. I feel strongly about my faith.
0: Yep, you heard right. She's trying to revert me back to the religion on air. Pretty hilarious. And she assumes I need to be forgiven for something. That's not condescending at all. She believes everyone has a soul. Even disbelievers like me. Come on now. Everyone knows atheists have no soul. We handed it off to Satan as soon as we trashed our
1: holy books. ...about my faith. Mm -hmm. And I think our faith has beautiful values that make us who we are. So, I mean, I think um, if we're welcoming non-Muslims to Islam, definitely a person who has been a Muslim should definitely...
0: Look, so much of this time is spent with my jaw dropped open in utter shock. Trying to contain myself from bursting into hysterical, what the fuck is happening laughter... Is someone really trying to convert me on my own show? And I totally wouldn't have interrupted your podcast listening with a postscript if she had held to the original understanding of keeping our religious differences out of this conversation, but instead she tried to recruit me into it. Yeah.
1: So definitely. But, I it.
0: mean, the apostasy uh, uh, laws altogether don't really make much room for apostates coming back, right? Like,
1: No, I mean, they can, I mean, a lot of people apost- uh, uh, left Islam after Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi death, but um, they were welcomed back by his caliphs, um, Abu Bakr, others. I think it was more important for us to be united as Muslims, Rather than you know divide ourselves, by but there
0: leaving. are there there is some talk of uh, beheading and killing apostates. No, in hadith and stuff.
1: Well, that would be the ISIS interpretation.
0: Religion in general is something that contradicts itself quite often, and people find ways to justify opposing things. The fact of the matter is, many hadith do exist, Sahih Bukhari Hadith, considered most authentic, commanding the killing of apostates. People may sift through and find some loving messages of tolerance in religion, but to deny the existence of violence and intolerance within scripture is unfair and really glosses over the reasons that apostates face so much hell from the Muslim community. It's important to note that while these hadith exist, many average Muslims don't even know about them, many ignore them, consider them something for another time, invalid in today's day and age, so it's not fair to hold every single Muslim accountable for what's contained in their scripture, just like it's not fair to hold every single Christian, Hindu, or Jew for what's in their scriptures, which they may or may not have read. It's not like all Muslims willingly condone the intolerance, but too many are happy to deny or slide it under the carpet. And this is the issue, denial. Until people accept the plausibility of these more violent interpretations, we can never move forward. We can never build bridges between apostates and their practicing families, for example.
1: Yeah, the ISIS interpretation, this is the American Islam. We are always happy to have Muslims and well, we are happy to have new Muslims. And anybody <laughs> who was in that. So, well,
0: I mean, it's not just ISIS. I, I think uh, Pakistan doesn't look so nicely upon apostasy. Saudi definitely doesn't appreciate it. Mm. Um, but I am totally Happy to go with your version, which is much more welcoming and um, doesn't want to behead me. That said, though, I think <laughs> i
1: sorry. What? Of course not. I think it's like I said, it's it's between a person and God. Like I don't know how good of a Muslim I am. I mean, anybody. It's hard. We shouldn't be judging each other. And I think at the end of the day, it's between a person and uh, and God directly. Yeah, in Islam. that's the if, right attitude
0: it. to have. I think if mm-hmm. people you know believe in a higher power, then why not let that higher power sort people out rather than trying to give them their own version of justice when they don't don't know the entire picture. I never understood that. I mean, I don't even believe in a higher power, so
1: right. but I hypothetically think, speaking. Yeah, I mean, the core ideals of Islam are very much about peace and justice. And I think, you know, people
0: uh, <laughs> will have to agree to disagree there, but but yeah, if that's what you take from it, good. I, I I'm on board with that. I think that's awesome. I mean the people I love most in this world are Muslim. Exactly. So my parents are Muslim, my family is Muslim, but you know, I've always <laughs> I've always been someone that's not a fan of religion. But um we can all learn to get along. I think we should. And uh I wish our motherlands would uh, adopt these more <laughs> modern interpretations of islam too that 'd be great
1: yeah, I mean I think we, we that 's what
0: we need to work what on. can we do to get apostates more welcomed the ex muslim community and it is it is a growing community. How can we bridge that gap between our Muslim families and those who have left the faith without necessarily asking them to come back because In most cases, that's not not an option. That's not going to happen. But we would still like to have that connection with our culture, with our families. How can we not alienate? You know, you hear stories of kids who leave Islam and they're thrown out of their houses and they're cut off from their families. What can we do to bridge that gap?
1: I think we need to be supportive and bring back um, people that may be misguided, Especially as you know in Islam and in our Muslim communities, we have strong family values mm-hmm. and strong culture, uh, which gives us our strength. When you throw someone out of in the from the community, and they they have to start all over again, and uh, it's very challenging, and it's a harsh world. I think the more support we can provide for the person and to help them bring them back, I think the better off we are. As But a community. the
0: goal will always be to bring them back, like bring them back into the fold of the faith. We can't just let them choose their own path and also be
1: uh, kind of still their family. Yeah, I mean, uh, we can definitely have them... Uh, stay part of the family, I think the better, but yeah, the goal, ultimate goal would be to bring them back to to Islam. Okay, well, I mean,
0: I think if people can attempt that with love rather than with casting people out, then people can deal with it on their own terms it's much easier to say no to someone who's still willing to love you because I mean Mm -hmm. most ex-Muslims I know will not be coming back so Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a realistic option but definitely having parents lovingly wish that is a better way to deal with it than hatefully throw them out of the family right so Mm -hmm. yeah well I think it's been a great conversation, Saba. Thank you so much. Sure, thank for you. Having for having this conversation. Good luck with uh, getting Trump to a mosque. <laughs> and uh, I would love to see pictures of that. And, Inshallah. Um, <laughs> thank you for offering me uh, the chance to accept Islam again today. <laughs> Not today, maybe another day. Yes, um, you're always welcome. To <laughs> and, and let hey, me know if I can ever be of help. You're always welcome to join mm-hmm. me on the dark side. Sure. <laughs> let me know if I can, always
1: anytime. Well, I love my light of Islam, and I hope um, that um, we can bring you back as well.
0: All right, and I'll keep hoping that we can bring you on our side but hey you take care
1: all right thanks a lot all
0: bye. right bye subba. bye thanks for listening to another episode of polite conversations you can support this podcast by sharing the shit out of it making some noise about it or contributing via patreon patreon.com forward slash nice mangoes no ian mangoes Also, you can follow me on Twitter at nice Mangoes. If you want to make a one-time donation instead of a monthly Patreon one, you can do so via PayPal, nicemangos.blog at gmail.com. Remember, no E in mangoes. If you've got an interesting story and would potentially like to be a guest, you can email me there too. A special thanks to Dylan Beck for theme music, sound, and production help.